someone brought up something recently on um, online, and they said on TV. And um, they're like, the, the person wrote, I know a lot of you guys don't know what it is. And I commented, oh, I missed the on TV versus select TV wars. <laughs> so you probably don't know what on TV or select TV is. So before cable TV was a thing, um, on TV or select TV, you had is a paid yeah, thing. And they had their everything. own programming. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, being a perverted little boy, they had a description of the show where it was a game show. If you got it wrong, you had to take your clothes off. And we're thinking, oh, this is a great show. Why don't we have on TV? Like, what is this? <laughs> it's called the MacGuffin Report. Movies, TV, American culture. You win. From LA, the MacGuffin Report. Produced by Inclusive Media. John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, I guess is the subtitle of that. This one's directed by Chad Stachileski. I don't think that's going to make anyone forget <laughs> Federico Fellini anytime soon. The movie stars Keanu Reeves, Hallie Catwoman Barry, and Ian McShane. It's the third movie in the John Wick franchise, starring Keanu Reeves, the super assassin who's back in action. And on the run, I would say, actually, because... Um, we're going to go right into the review of this. So I would say that this is one of the things that I really liked in this movie. I like it when movies dump you into the action. All right. As long as we actually have a real beginning. There was a movie in the, that was made into a movie in the 1980s, which I'm sure you remember, called The Running Man, which was by Stephen King. And in fact, the, the written version felt a lot like this movie did, right? Because the premise is it's a guy, he's a star in a reality show and he's on the run and everybody's trying to kill him, which it kind of felt like in this movie, everybody was an assassin out to kill our hero. Um, so, so I like that. I like how they just dumped you right into it, but yet there was still a feeling of a start, a middle and an end. Uh, I think that this film really took advantage of the post-Fury Road world the mad max fury road where the premise of the movie is the entire film is a car chase and you think it's impossible to pull off i was completely skeptical and then you see it and it's like oh that's how you do it that's an this, incredible movie oh it is it is if any action movie really deserved to win the oscar it was that uh but it didn't shame shame and uh, but but this one, it felt like that. It felt like it was taking advantage of that possibility. Just keep everything moving and maybe you won't notice the bad acting. But uh, <laughs> I did like that about the movie. But I'm going to pass this off before I trash it. <laughs> I as a standalone, if, if if I didn't watch John Wick one and two, I, I would have found this to be like an awesome movie, like action movie. But because of John Wick one and two, you know, I can't separate the trilogy or whatever the series, uh, I thought it was by far the weakest of, of the three. Uh, Halle Berry, I don't know if she was limited by her physicalities or if she was being a diva and didn't want to learn anything else, but she had two moves that she did throughout the whole movie. I'm sorry, no. No, yeah, two moves. One physical move where she blocked and then hit, and then the second move was calling her dogs. That's all she did. 
Oh, so, you're, so you're not counting put a gun to somebody's temple and pull the trigger? Yeah. no, that was the know, other move. Those are, those are slow moves, though. You know? <laughs> yeah. How about um, it? So yeah. I don't know if it's because she's older now and she just can't do the, you know other movements. Uh, or she was just like, I'm only going to learn one move and that's it. Like, I'm done for today. Like, I don't know what, what the situation <laughs> was. Um, but it was very evident to, I think, anyone that took maybe three months, at least three months of martial arts or some fighting that she only did one move. That was that was it. Uh, yeah, I don't care how many different angles you shoot it in. You know, it was, it was like Top Gun, where they blew up the plane. They shot it in like twenty different angles, but it's the same plane that blew up. It was kind of similar, very similar to that. Um, but with with uh, respect to what Keanu did, there were things where I was like, I was getting a little bored. And then I think like they knew, guys, people are gonna get bored here, so let's change it up. And then he, they switch switch it up, like the scene at the library. Totally was oh with Boban the NBA player yeah it totally switched it up for me the the way they used the books that was, you know that that's insane the the sound for the book oh. smashing in the face sorry spoilers yeah but. it's well the books the thing with the, with the books to the throat it's like does that guy have the strongest throat in the world like even I was flinching every time like the book went into his throat and I was just like oh 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 you know the time that Boban or this character kicks Keanu Reeves in the face. Um, they only did that once and it was a real kick. The stuntman, Keanu Reeves didn't get kicked, but it was a real kick. That guy flew three times as far as they thought he was going to go. Oh, they wow. did not realize the kick was going to land that hard. Boban has a t- size 27 shoe. Jeez. Talk about, is Boban like the Jean-Claude Van Damme of uh, martial art film? <laughs> martial art film? I mean, because, you know, Jean-Claude's known to kick, actually kick the stunt yeah. people too. But Boban has an excuse. He's not a martial artist. He didn't want to do it. They were like, no, just do it. He'll be fine. And the stuntman was like, come on, just ki- just actually yeah, kick me. We'll oh. only do this once. They only needed it once. Wow. Before Imagine you get away. Draymond Green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like um, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in that one martial arts movie. They needed like an NBA player. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But I actually, remember that. But Kareem yeah. was actually Bruce's student. Right, right. He actually yeah. was Bruce's student. Yep. Uh, but my, 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 in that movie, though, the best is when Kareem kicks Bruce and his shoe, his footprint covers his entire torso, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. From abdomen to, like, his, his like, neck. It's just his cause Kareem's foot. Kareem. <laughs> Before we get away from the Halle Berry thing, it's really interesting that you mentioned, did she, why did she only have one or two moves? Uh-huh. She actually, so they, she trained for six months. And the reason why they needed so much time was because she actually had to train those dogs because they wanted oh, long scenes. Okay. Yeah. So they're not having calls for those dogs. She's training them. The commands that you see in that's the movie right. are her months of training. Mm-hmm. She took them home with her and they, she had five dogs to train. Wow. But here's the reason why you only saw a few moves from her is they coordinated everything the day of the shoot. Specific, like not just for her, but like basically all the fights, a lot of them were coordinated that day. Oh. So what she did for the previous six months was they taught her different combinations. Mm-hmm. And then on the day of the shoot, they're like, okay, we're going to do combination seven and then one and then two and then finish it with three. So like she had sets of choreography like programmed in her brain. She trained like that. And then they threw those combinations together. So yeah, you're going to see a lot of repeats. So it was really interesting that you picked that up. Yeah, I I, I know. I felt when you, you you gave us three combinations right now. I felt like they just said, "Hallie, we're going to do combination three, and that's it." <laughs> three <laughs> and then a do. three, yeah. and then maybe a three. Yeah, but but from all from different angles though. Don't worry, Hallie. We're going <laughs> right? to make, yeah. we're gonna make we'll it, shoot look it good. wide. We'll yeah. shoot it wide. It'll look great. I thought one thing they did really well. Speaking of the dogs, was I've never seen dogs used that way where whenever it's dogs attack, like in Gladiator, the dog would attack. In different movies, dogs would attack. But in this movie, the dogs use their weight. 
to take down the the perpetrator. Uh, they would bite the, they would bite the person and then they would swing their body around to make the the person fall down or swing them around. I thought that's amazing. See, yeah, okay. See, here's the thing. That's what blew this thing for me entirely out of the water. The, the dogs. the dogs. And here's why. There was a film a few years ago, Django Unchained, mm-hmm. right? By uh, with Quint- a D, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, right. Right? The D is silent. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, with Tarantino. Okay, now. People rip, those who still do. I mean, it's not that common anymore. But people rip on Tarantino for gratuitous violence. Mm-hmm. Okay? This movie had gratuitous violence. Oh, yeah. Okay? Django Unchained. The central point of the film, the turning point of the film, is when the badass, amoral bounty hunter, played by Chris Waltz, who doesn't care about slavery, sees a man torn apart by dogs. Mm-hmm. This is enough to change his mind completely and make him go the other way. He makes a moral decision because this is so shocking and so brutal that it's able to switch him out of his complacency. In this film, this thing happens 72 times. (laughs) I mean, it's like these dogs are being shot out of a cannon and then they're ripping people apart. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be shocking, but at this point, after seeing 87 people get shot in the head, I guess we're supposed to be used to this gratuitous violence because, I mean, (laughs) it is violent watching dogs rip people apart. It's a scary, gruesome thing that people actually used to do in the South to slaves. Yeah, and dogs don't know the difference between ripping somebody apart and acting. They don't know that a movie is being made. You can't train a dog to pretend to tear someone (laughs) apart. They're actually attacking. Or to do a funny line. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that's the thing. Have you seen Turner and Hooch and K-9? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) But that was the 90s. Air Bud 9. (laughs) There was such this grim seriousness to the gratuitous violence that just i mean this is why action movies suck nowadays in my not so humble opinion is because i mean look going around and shooting people in the head which they did repeatedly Mm -hmm. over and over just so you could get the blood splat out of the temple it seemed like or because they wanted to shoot everything in close-up either way it's weak filmmaking i mean this is totally gratuitous this isn't filmmaking anymore you know this is just like blood fest well okay What's fun? What's fun about if this was the like one of the first action movies? I'd agree with you. It's just completely gratuitous. But because of the way action movies have been progressing in the last like whatever twenty years uh, plus, they have to top the 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 last movie. And to me, the John Wick series, what what they everyone's now knows the triple tap. You, You may not know it's called that, but that's what he's been. He does to every every victim is he triple taps them. That's to ensure that they're dead. It's a bang, bang, yeah. bang. But they're not going to come back. They're not going to come back after two after two shots in the chest. They're going to come back and potentially kill him. That's why John Wick's character shoots them all three times to make sure that they're dead. And then just just for good measure, shoots them another time. You know, that third time. Yeah. Left, you know? right, headshot. Yeah. And then that's his signature kind of move. And and the reason I, I there was times I got bored was because it was the same sequence of, uh, of action and, and, yeah. and shots from the first two movies. But then he would change it up. They, 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 the directors, they changed it up. And that's what kind of kept it going for me. Um, but yeah, it, I go into this movie expecting, and if I don't get it, would be disappointed, is the gratuitous violence 
the triple taps, the the death toll. That's what I go in. Um, but then expecting. you gotta. But look. But then you have to be funny about it. You 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 have to. I don't know. Watching gratuitous violence at the movies is no better, in my opinion, than watching it in real life at this point. Okay. The goal is to be as realistic and as fast and as in your face as possible. Mm-hmm. So at some point, what is the difference? The I, I like action movies more when they're more comic booky. You know, you got to have like, I don't know, to me, you, you should have some element of the surreal in there. You should have something to lighten it or something. I mean, it's just because I don't understand why I should take this guy's position. I don't understand why I should feel sympathy. I don't understand why I need to watch him as he's brutally and mindlessly exterminating people. Well, I in, mean, what's the fun there? In this movie... He's doing it because he's running away. He's trying to stay alive okay. in this one, in this particular one. Uh, but okay. this, this all started because this Russian punk kid killed his puppy. And took his car. And took his car. That's oh why this all started. This did is why did this we all, all see one and two? Uh, yeah. No. Oh, you didn't see one and two? No. Oh. No, I, I, I was thinking about it. It's, I did not see one and two. Guess why? Because Keanu Reeves is in it. I'm, not, I'm just not going to go see it. Besides, that first one, people forget, but that first one did not go over as well as... We think now. I mean, it was not the great box office bonanza that we think. It wasn't now. a box office bonanza. But it, it sort of aged it well. Really this serious. It, it did is. really. I mean, it did really well. People. Yeah. I, I don't know anyone that saw it that was like, oh, I didn't like it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was very well liked. That one hooked me. And yeah. uh, but that, that, I'm I'm not going to see a Keanu movie. And I was thinking about watching the first one before this one, but then I read about this one and I said, well, you know, I mean, I know where it starts. You know, I read the spoilers. I know where it starts and it starts, you know, in the action. So I was like, okay, let's just take it on that level. Let's see. Let's yeah, see, see if it works on that's that what level. All the, cause but, the, the things you're complaining about or criticizing it for, it's explained in the first movie. Okay. But yeah, all look, that's in the, you got to know ahead of time. But okay. Let me ask you, well, see, I got enough of it. That I didn't like need to have seen all you that, didn't but let feel me ask you when this: they took this puppy. That, that's the thing. You you gotta feel that, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I can see it now. They take away the puppy, and he goes, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> or better yet, no, 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 because that's Keanu Reeves going <laughs> no. In any case, um, okay. So I suppose you're gonna tell me then in the first one. It's there's this sense of humor, right? And John Wick is a hero, right? It, there, and, there actually is on. more humor. There, there is, there is well, a scene. I, I can't. There's I can a, believe that. There's a believe. in John Wick one. There is a level of camp that is unexpected. Oh yeah. Um, if you watch it, they superimpose like this crazy comic book font over some of the moments, and it's oh, like, what? Yeah. Why is there text in the middle of the movie so, and then okay, fades yeah. away? And it's like. There's it's it it is comic booky now that I think about it and okay. it's this level of camp where then you're I should like, have seen what? then I should have seen but you the accept first it because then. it fits into yeah. this like crazy world that they're setting they're, up like they're, everything yeah. is it's over the top it's campy and it's like the villain is theatrical yeah, yeah. like See, it sets the so context this one I like have that, that. Yeah. you're right like this one doesn't that. have you have to have like you're right in that and seeing that you're right because in the first one there's just I thought it was one of the great scenes is um they they have their own world. They have their own currency, the, mm. the, these gold coins, which no one knows the value. It, the value is from cleaning up a dead body to one drink at the hotel. Yeah. You have no getting idea what the value the door, is. Yeah. yeah. Getting place, the door, yeah. whatever it may be. But they have this world, and you don't know who knows this world and who, who doesn't know it. But when, he, when they try to attack him in his house, and he, he, gets every, he kills everybody, a cop comes. And he looks in, you know, and he sees, like, all the damage done and the bodies. And he turns to... John Wayne he goes so you're coming out of retirement 
And he says, he's like, I think he says something like, it looks that way. He says, suppose so, or something Yeah, suppose like so. That. It's something as a matter of fact. Like, and I thought that was a great, like, kind of comical scene where it was still based in kind of like reality, but it was, it was funny. Um, but they created this world in, in John Wick 1 and John Wick 2 of just like this mytholog- mythological underworld. And in 3, I think you're supposed to have known that already. And so, because they, so they, they don't explain it in John Wick Three, you're just kind of yeah. asked to be, buy yeah. into this. But if you watch the first two, you you see, oh, there's this world that they created. But enough of that was clear, right? I mean, you knew who yeah. Orpheus was, <laughs> right? <laughs> you knew who he was. You knew uh, you you got the bit about the currency. Mm-hmm. You knew that this woman had to be the head of, or at least very high up in the cabal, because why didn't somebody just blow her away the first time she said, "You're going to get seven slashes"? Or well, whatever. see, that that's <laughs> you know, actually I, I had that question though, having watched the first two I had that question why because she wasn't the head she's no. just a messenger she's a messenger yeah. she's an adjudicator and, yeah and so to me I, I was like yeah why didn't someone just but if somebody... especially of Orpheus's crew <laughs> because they have they kind of have nothing to lose Orpheus's crew because they're homeless yeah right but right. like if, another crew they, they wouldn't be able to do it yeah. excuse me but um, Orpheus's crew why not right. and then my big question about this about this movie and I had this question about it at the end of John Wick 2 was he starts running and in the opening, I think he's running in the opening yeah. with his dog. Why aren't you taking a cab? Uh, I know you have, he has no money. Or an Uber. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know if you know this, uh, because they took everything away. He has no money from the end of the second one. But since when do cabs accept money first? He could have just been cool and savvy. He could have just shot him. Got I mean, it. No, he had nothing. Oh, see, John Wick 2, he has no weapons. Oh, that's He's got okay. nothing. He's got nothing. So my thing is, is you got to get back to a place. You got to go to a place immediately where you can get weapons and get everything. Get a cab. Why are you running? It's raining. Like, what's going on? That was my big thing. Like, at the end of John Wick 2, I was like, okay, for the dramatic ending, the, the final shot, him running, I get it. But take a cab, dude. Like, and you're John Wick. You don't have the money? It doesn't matter. Just leave. Yeah, especially since he's running, right? The first thing you see is he's running, and then he stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the first thing you see in this movie. Yeah. Because he's going, where, <laughs> where do I go? Keanu. Right. Why, 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 am I, so, why am I running? Yeah. I should listen to Walter take a cab. Uh, <laughs> But having said all that, like for me, this movie, this where's the phone booth? I gotta yeah. get in and go go visit Napoleon. Phone booth. Uh, the, the, this for for me, this was the weakest of the three. But at the end of it, I'm excited for four. I mean, I read an wow. article. I read wow. an article okay. where they, uh, I guess it's Chad, saying that um, they can make like several of these, like twenty of these, because they could just keep it going. And they're supposed to make a TV series based on this. Um, don't know how that's going to work tie, or tie in with, with the timeline of the movies. But um, it's just, uh, for me, when I go watch it and, and when I plan to go watch it is I'm expecting violence. The gratuitous, the better. The more bo- higher the body count, the better. I'm not expecting a, a, a com- complicated story. I'm ex- it's a simple story. However, having said that, I believe from John Wick 4 on, they do need to make the stories more interesting. Because you can only have you can only carry the simple storyline so many times before p- fans just start kind of like going, ah, okay, I, I, that's the same a- action sequence I saw in the first three. I think for the fourth one, if they come with a really solid story, then I think it could just it could just keep going and going. But let's see how lazy they are or aren't. Well, it's almost like it's almost like yes, it's very clever that all of these things are strung together. But it's almost like, gee, maybe they should do a flashback, maybe a to prequel. something we a haven't prequel. seen. Yeah. 
you know, not even just like a full on prequel, but maybe we should escape this timeline a little bit, you know, and just, you know, get out of it because otherwise you can only go one way. Yeah. Okay. So for a prequel, your prequel idea, what's great about it is, is in the first two, they allude to how he became, there's a babushka. That's like his Russian nickname. How he became the boogeyman. He's the boogeyman. Yeah, he's yeah. The boogeyman. Right. yeah that's right. So they yeah, allude to it, much, like yeah. um, how he became it, but they never show it. Oh, it's Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga, yeah. Baba. So like if they did a prequel of how... So basically what he did for that, that, that Russian mob, that established their presence in the underworld. Right. What okay. he did. And they said he, com- he completed the impossible. And that's why they let him out so he can marry Bridget Moynihan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. His, his character is, is Bridget Moynihan. Yeah. And then she, she um, I don't want to spoil John Wick 1 for you, but <laughs> she, she passes away. I think he read all the spoilers. She passes away. This okay. is actually, John Wick 1, why I think is one of his better, Keanu's better acting uh, ventures is because in real life, his wife did die. Mm. And so to me, I felt like he, he, he was able to tap into something that he didn't need to go far for. It was already there. The emotion of, of his, his actual wife passing away. And in this movie, the character, his, his, his character's wife passed away. I don't think he needed to tap it too deep. Hmm. I think it was already there. Um, so to me, this is more of his uh, better acting outings than, say, hmm. like the classic movie Speed. <laughs> <laughs> or less Constantine. <laughs> or, oh. or, or Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Uh, or Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, they just roll right off, don't yeah. they? There's just just a few of them. Point break. The brilliance, I think, of John Wick 1 is that they created a world just for Keanu Reeves. The humor is like, it's, it's dry, but it's also in your face. And it makes room for the awkwardness in his persona. And the, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> um, it gives, literally gives him something to do with his hands, which is beat people up. Yeah. This world was created for Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. That's the brilliance of this movie. That's why it works. Because, you know, you guys just mentioned 10 reasons why a lot of people don't like Keanu Reeves. But the John Wick series or trilogy or franchise, as we're finding out it's going to be, was made for him. Oh, yeah. And he isn't, and he's not required to say a lot. No. I think he the might. The less he, the better. He might say the most, I think, in John Wick 3. I mean, he might talk the most. Because in one, he doesn't say much. In two, he doesn't really say much. I feel like he speaks and two, the he most. especially doesn't say much because one of his main nemesis is, is a mute, so he yeah. does sign language. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, so he doesn't. He, there's not a lot of. This is what I say. So in Korea, one of the trends is to take a popular K-pop star, a singer, and turn him or her into an actor or actress. So if they're smart, their their first couple projects they don't require a lot of heavy lifting. This, to me, for Keanu, is a project where he, they don't require, they don't need him to do a lot of heavy lifting. He doesn't need to do a lot, and so and they, don't, they don't have a lot of dialogue for him. They don't need it, because his, his dialogue is a triple tap. His dialogue is beating people up, you know, breaking people's throats, hitting it like 20 times. Smashing people with a book. Yeah, like that's, that's his dialogue. <laughs> Throwing an axe through a guy's head. Um, cutting people open. Um, yes. Hey, if you believe the coins, the value of the coins, the varying value of the coins, you can believe that he can split people up with an axe. Because he's a superhero in this movie. Dinner res- dinner reservations, Mr. Wick? Yes. <laughs> I mean, okay, look. Okay, th- wait, the axe thing bothered you, but not the... Oh, uh, did they do the suits here? Did they talk about the... Uh, that was John Wick 2. Two. He goes to a tailor, and they have a suit that they tailor for him that's bulletproof. So... 
Let's just like James Bond. Wait, if you believe stuff. one, you got to believe it all. You got to because it's well, their world. It's their world. Okay, it's, it's a different world. Yeah, it's like kung fu movies. When people, when people say. I can't watch the Chinese kung fu movies because they have people flying through the air and, and jumping on trees. I go, I'm sorry. And Superman is realistic. Yeah. You know, yeah. so because for the kung fu, for Chinese people, the kung fu people are their superheroes. So in this world, John Wick to me is a superhero that can die. I guess, I guess like since everything tends to franchise oh, these yeah. days, you know, especially genre stuff. Um, yeah, I think Rachel is right. Yeah, here you go. Here's Keanu's franchise. It's almost as though, um, you know, this is his Iron Man, except John Wick didn't really exist yeah. before. Did mm-hmm. it? Is, this isn't based on a book or anything, is it? I think this I is don't a dead so. on not, not to my knowing. I think this straight, is a movie yeah. franchise straight up. So in that respect, fine. I don't know. It just, I, it just didn't appeal to me um, in the way that other action movies What if it have. had nudity? Um... <laughs> Because <laughs> let me Wait, tell you, well, number, had nudity, number two has nudity. Okay, did it? Yeah, but okay. See, the thing is, this huh. go okay. back and watch it again. I will. <laughs> Walter, oh, I did you watch the Amazon Prime version? Is that why? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Amazon this movie Prime. would be about five minutes long. I know. On Amazon Prime, they're gonna blip everything. But okay, okay. I wanted to get back to the axe thing. Okay, here's the reason. Here's the problem. For example, I had with the axe. Okay, it's this scene where he beats up a bunch of guys in a hallway, right? They're all getting knived and slashed up and stuff. Okay, it's the end of the scene, and they're shooting it from the end of the hallway. So you get the guy who's like slumped over, dying, mm-hmm. right? Sitting, uh, slumped against the wall. He pulls the knife out of himself, right? Mm-hmm. So you get like that disgusting wet organ yeah. sound as he does it you get some blood flowing and then you see the knife flowing uh, thrown from across the hallway and of course you get the coconut sound and you get more blood mm-hmm. you know and it's just like that's over the top that's not <laughs> cool anymore it's Wait, just i mean not. they had a lot of if you're watching they had a lot of knives that didn't land anywhere i don't know if either of you have thrown <laughs> knives before <laughs> Have either of you thrown knives yes. before? Hell like no. it, it's it's hard to get it into the board because it's you know it's you have to calculate the distance it, between you and the object yeah. and the number of rotations you're throwing. Right. It's incredibly hard. So like the the director who happens to be a stunt coordinator, he did the Matrix and Constantine and a bunch of other Keanu's movies, which is why they work together so closely. Like was like let's make this real. Like a lot of these knives are not going to land anywhere, so it's just a lot of thud thud thud. But uh, then you get the coconut and yeah. gross organ sounds. Yeah. Wait, so so that scene that you just described, Oz. You were okay with the guy pulling the knife out because that's very, no. very difficult to do. No. Yeah. So I, to me, it's like you have to, <laughs> like with these movies, you have to suspend uh, what you believe entirely <laughs> and but, then kind of rewrite, but rewrite Walter, physics. Again, but Walter, again, it wasn't like what I believe and whatnot. It was just like they're going over the top and then they're even going more over yes. the top and there was no point to it. Look, you just got done telling me, oh yeah, he has to shoot everybody three times and kill him off in the head. Okay, why does he have to shoot the Why does he have to hit the guy in the head with an axe? I mean, Because visually... Because we wanted more blood. Oh yes, totally. I mean, Wait, are we totally. like ignoring the part where he puts the knife in the guy's head and comes down with his arm to yeah. through his skull. Yeah, I thought that was I, worse I, than the axe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did, that was just one that stuck <laughs> because it got the biggest crowd reaction. The worst part for me was the, the throat. The, the book on the throat. Yeah, yeah. I can, the, oh, the, oh, oh. the worst, the worst part for me, and I was telling my best friend when we went to go watch this, is the ballerina that takes her toenail off. Oh yeah, that was that was harsh. 
See, because I would, act, that's something that I could actually see, like, walking around somewhere. And I'm just like, everything else is like, okay, that's yeah. That's harsh. Yeah. But the toenail thing, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that, that's I, I gagged but in the theater. What was interesting about that, th- those, those ballerina scenes was, because, you know, you always hear about Russian mob involvement in a lot of these, like, fine art things. Mm-hmm. You hear about it. But, then the, the, but when it's now, it's visual. You can see it. It's that that to me that got me thinking like how involved are they in all these things? <laughs> well, you know. Okay, I just wanted they're to listening say, to this podcast. You know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I wanted to say this about that too. I am a little bit tired of this cliche, which has existed since Godfather, where you have you know an act of violence, and then you cut away to this beautiful thing like a wedding, or in this case, a ballet dance, uh-huh. and then more violence, and then back to the art thing. I'm so sick of that trope. <laughs> it's like you know, what's, it'll be better. You know, be a better solution to that is violence. And then more violence. Yeah, there you and go. And then more cut away to violence. And then cut away to violence. <laughs> as long as you have Arnold come in there and go, you know, he had to split. Yeah. just once in a while. It's you know. I miss those. I so had much. to drop. Of course. I miss and those that's so much. what I wanted. You want the funny. You have this catharsis with the violence, and it's never over the top. I mean, he, you know, it's wild because in Commando, the dude can mow down like twenty people and yeah. stuff. And then make a joke, and it's just like you know, you're not traumatized by it. But this thing, you got to hear the guts and see the well, blood. And oh. to 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 counter what you're yep. saying, I'll have to use your uh, assessment of okay. Keanu Reeves as an actor. <laughs> Can he carry a line? Can he deliver that line, like that one-liner? Well, his line is "whoa." Well, no, but that's that's <laughs> that's outside the movie world. What I mean is, is like after in this movie, after he did the axe thing, let's oh. say they, they wrote a line for him, would he yeah, be able to deliver it? He has a splitting headache. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> something like would that. Would he be able to deliver to the line? You know, that, that's, that's right with me. He has a splitting headache. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably he's, you know, he's terrible. I, I he's think terrible. when he when they know that he's in the movie when he signed on, I think they rewrite the script, um, for him, for his uh, abilities. They do for his abilities. They yeah, do they because look, look. Okay, for example, here is and Keanu taught me this. Here is the sign of a bad actor. Okay, you're watching the movie and listen for dialogue like, I'm really upset. Okay, when somebody describes their emotions, Mm -hmm. that line is in there because they can't act it. Keanu movies are full of this stuff. They are. They're full of this. I mean, he couldn't even do in this movie. There's a scene where he has to like look back on the guy for the last time that he knows is going to be the last time, his old master or whatever. And he can't even do that properly. You know, it's it's like. And and the thing is, he he has it. Because his movies sell. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. got, he's got, yeah. he's got yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, however many, what is it, like four point something billion? Yeah, his movies in his all career. sell. That's why they're doing Bill and Ted's again. He's all yeah. pretty boy. I think beyond that, though, there's something about him that resonates with people that they, they'll watch him again and again. He's I, got I that charisma. Yeah, he's it, got that charisma. I don't hear anyone he ever say, did you see that Keanu movie? His performance was amazing. Yeah. He was a great actor. You never hear that. No. Yet, that's, that's, that goes to say movies. with what you said about expectations. Mm-hmm. We don't expect yeah. that from him. He, but that. we expect these other things that he's great at, yeah. like dry delivery or, you know, almost lack thereof. Like, yeah, we expect that. And, and that's why I, for me, John Wick 1, I was pleasantly surprised with his acting. And then I found out later that his actual wife had passed away. I was like, oh. That's why he had there. There was like a. I was like, wow, he, he's acting out so much better. Like, what's yeah, going and on? the comedy parts that he was able to do, they had a great editor. Like the timing mm, with like yeah. evening Jimmy, evening John. Yeah, noise complaint, 
noise complaint. Like that's all editing. Yeah, that's but and that's they did the, it that's well. the fun stuff. That's the comedy stuff in the first one. Uh, but yeah, I think. But the, regardless of how bad of an actor he is, there's something about him people don't mind, and they'll go they'll go watch him. Oh sure, yeah. Like oh, Jeremy sure. Jeremy Renner doesn't have that. No, no, but you know somebody like Will Smith does. Yes, and then you see a bad movie with him in it. There, there was one movie I saw. I forget what it was called. A uh, Showtime. Showtime is what it's called. Robert De Niro and Eddie Murphy. Mm, yes. Okay. Horrible movie. Yes. But there are times in that movie, especially when both of them are on screen, you go, "Wow, this is why these guys are great." Mm-hmm. It's just oozing off of them the charisma, yeah. right? But guess what? That's still a bad freaking movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and Keanu, it's worse because he does bad movies and he's a crummy actor in them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that charisma, but it's just like, that's the kind of guy I want to strangle because you're wasting it. You yeah, know? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, okay, he makes a lot of money. He's popular. He doesn't have to be an artist, I guess. You know, I would just, I would just like to go into a Keanu movie and say, wow. You know, I, okay, let me, let me give an example. There's a movie called JCVD. Have you seen this? No, because it's about Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, it's about Van Damme. <laughs> okay, okay. It's this strange movie, right, where what it's about is he's himself, mm-hmm. and he gets involved in a bank hostage situation, right? And everybody expects oh, him to be Van Damme. one of my friends was telling me about it's this. It's incredibly good. It's incredibly good. And, and, you know, he's not a great actor in it, but he, I mean, you talk about expectations. He acts. You know, you believe that, like, he's sad about his daughter. You believe that, like, he, people are really counting on him to solve this thing. Uh-huh. And then they do weird stuff with the fourth wall, and they do weird fantasy scenes and stuff like this. But, but I want to see that from Keanu. I want to see a movie where it's like, I'm expecting nothing, uh-huh. and then he actually delivers like an actor freaking should, not just a special effect, which is what he so often is. Um, I want to just briefly give my two cents, my review. I, I'm a huge fan of this uh, franchise. I was going to say this trilogy. But yeah, I was watching a um, an interview with the director and he says, yeah, they're they're going to come up with another one and another one and another one yeah. as long as they can do it, which, you know, I don't blame them for. And I'm like, yes, please give me more. But I agree to your point, like they have to come up with a strong story because, you know, I feel like they've kind of burnt what they had with the dead puppy and yes, everything. Yeah. Like, I will say, though, that, like, just seeing that scene where, like, these punks were, like, getting rid of the dog, I was yeah. like, yeah, this this will carry me through for a trilogy. That made me yeah. pretty mad. <laughs> that made me pretty mad. Because it was so unnecessary. It was so unnecessary, yeah. yeah. Um, and just, I want to make a note, too, about the the writing for, I don't know about John Wick 1, but John Wick 2 and 3, the way they cobbled it together is very interesting. So, um, Chad Stolhesky is... Is that his? Is that how I say it? I've I've watched interviews with him, and I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. Chad Stahelski. Chad Stahelski. He's kind of a first time director. I mentioned earlier that he's a stunt coordinator mm. and a stunt person. Um, these are kind of his his breakthrough directing jobs. What they did with at least John Wick three and maybe the other ones is they went around New York and they looked for cool places to have fights in because that's the way he thinks. He mm, thinks like okay. a stunt coordinator. He thinks like you know. 
um, a stuntman. And they went around looking for, you know, they, they found the uh, the barn where they keep the horses for the um, equestrian police. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, we have to have a fight scene here. Um, <laughs> and he thought of that because, like, as a stunt person, he, he's actually been kicked in the head by a horse. Oh, geez. And he knows what alive. that, he's still oh. alive. The guy is still alive. And so they're like, ah, well, we'll have to fit that in there. And then um, Keanu Reeves, he owns a motorcycle manufacturing company. So naturally, they're going to put some motorcycles wow. in there. And they, you know, they were location scouting and everything, and then they wrote the script. Mm, okay. They were explaining their creative process, and this is really interesting because, you know, this doesn't happen with big Hollywood movies no. ever, ever. It's everything is so script and story based, but they essentially had like a poster board with like photos and ideas and just words. <laughs> there was a phrase that has a Latin phrase that has parabellum in it. So he literally just wrote parabellum and tacked it onto the board. So there's this soup of ideas and they pull out their favorite ones and then they made a story out of it. Wow. Isn't that yeah, crazy? That's, <laughs> that's bonkers to me. Like that you don't, really is. you don't hear of anybody making like a, a Hollywood feature of blockbuster out of a process like that. Yeah. Or if, or if they did do it, they would never tell anyone. Yeah. Cause they'll get fired. They had a, uh, like, it was like a marketing screening, so they made sure they filtered out um, fans of the franchise. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, comments was, at least it was interestingly made. <laughs> <laughs> so again, not for everybody. This is this director's first time working with actors. So Keanu had to caution Chad, like during the shooting of John Wick 1, Willem Dafoe was supposed, supposed to come in the next mm-hmm. day. And this director, he... he all he cares about is people hitting their marks, like basically, you know, walking into the camera and stopping at the right spot. Yeah. And Keanu had to tell him, like, you need to treat this guy like a professional actor. You need to, like, give him specific, like, direction. So I yeah, just Defoe is huge for that. Keanu totally had to prompt him, like, you can't behave this way when Willem comes on set tomorrow. <laughs> like, you gotta read this book or something like that. What it reveals about Keanu is, like, one of two things. Is one is that he is perpetually the ni- one of the nicest guys in Hollywood mm-hmm. that you always hear these rumors about. Yeah. And also that he cares enough about the director to tell him. Yeah. Something like this. Yeah, these guys could, are, like, best yeah, friends. he could easily just be like, oh, you'll find out, whatever. You know? It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. You know? <laughs> but for him to take the time to be like, hey, do, do this. Because you, know, you always hear Ken is such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. And you, you always want to, like, interact with them to see, is it true? Yeah. Is it true? Because there, there is something about him. Oh, my last fun fact is that um, towards the end of the movie, when they had the shootout at the Continental, mm-hmm. you see Keanu holding uh, four rounds for the shotgun in between his pinky and his thumb. He trained for months to learn how to do that. That's called <laughs> quad loading. And that's oh, really? something that Navy SEALs learn how to do. It took him oh. months to learn how to quad load. So you load one round at a time, but you keep all of the rounds in between your pinky and your thumb. All of the shooting that he pretends to do in the movie they took him out to a shooting range and he can actually do all of yeah, that. Yeah, I saw hitting that his marks. Yeah, yeah, that one video. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was good marketing. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a hell of a physical actor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and he's been doing judo forever. Yeah, that's one thing. Is I remember seeing him on a talk show one time and they're like, hey, was it hard to fight 100 Agent Smiths when it was all CGI? And he's like, no, it was easy. And then he just gets up and he shows the dude. He's showing him all the moves. Yeah. He just memorized all the moves. And that's it. He's a great physical actor. Yeah, incredible no muscle memory. From the first yeah. Matrix, he's gotten so much better in martial arts. Mm-hmm. In the first Matrix, his movements are not fluid at all. It's like he just learned it in three months. Yeah, I almost thought feels. that was, yeah, like I noticed that too. I almost thought there was like a directional thing because like a lot of the Matrix feels very 
I, I think it was his physical Stilted. limitations on yeah, the martial I think art. they just didn't. But, I think they taught him just enough to look like you're still learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. His fighting has gotten so much better through the years. Because I think he's hmm. obviously been consistently training. Because in John Wick, he's really good. Yeah. His movements are very fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I, you don't feel like there's any mistakes in anything he does. And I'm sure the experts of what martial art he's doing will know, oh, he's making a mistake here and there. But as a lay person watching it, I was like, oh, at least it's more fluid now. In Matrix, it was just like, he just learned it. Very stilted. Well, yeah, like two, yeah. three months ago. And they told him he's good at it, but yeah, not really. But I think he's just gotten, he's gotten better. Yeah. I just, I love how hard of a worker he is. Yeah. Like, and I love too that the uh, the bullet count in the John Wick movies, like they're always making sure like that he has to reload the clip. Like it's not infinite yes. bullets in his pistols. Like he's always unloading and reloading his clips. Although Holly Berry did have infinite bullets. In <laughs> she did. Well, she she shot be, a she lot. She can't be bothered. She's an Oscar winner. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, I was counting, man. She was up to 15 at one point. I was like, oh, the hell is she this? She basically, uh, according to the director, she basically like forced herself into the movie. Like she told the director, like I'm going to be in John Wick 3. And he was like, okay, maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. She's like, no, I'm going to be in your movie. Wow. <laughs> As long one as, long thing, as she's not Catwoman, I guess. You know. One thing with the John Wick series that I have to tout as being awesome is that they will pick up guns from the dead bodies to use them. Yeah. A lot of TV shows and movies, like 95, 98% of them, they do not do that. And, they, and then they find out in the later scene they needed guns and they need bullets. And I'm like, you idiots. You just yeah. left like 20 guns. Jim, Anyone that plays video there. games would know you need to pick up yes, your equipment right. when you it's there. You got to pick up the guns. Jim, Jim Jarmusch had a good rant about that. He's just like, I love these old movies where you see the guy and they fire the gun and then it's out of bullets and they just throw it away. He's like, yeah. don't those things cost money? I mean, yeah. can't, can't you use them again? Yes. <laughs> or, or throw them. If I love the it gun, when movies heavy. do that. They chuck the gun at somebody's yeah. head and they take him out. It's like, oh, well. Well, the, the yeah. best one is Superman, right? Because you watch the old Superman TV show, right? They always do the scene where the guy like opens up on him and he's shooting at Superman and Superman's just yawning. And, and then they throw the gun and he ducks, right? He gets out of the way <laughs> yeah. of the gun, right? It's like, wait a minute, Superman, dude, it's just a gun. <laughs> he didn't want to ruin his suit. He didn't want to ruin his suit. <laughs> But yeah, John Wick is probably my, well, it's going to be a franchise now, but before I found out it was going to be a franchise, I would have said it's my favorite trilogy in a long time. I just, I love these movies for mm. all the camp and the silliness and the yeah. overfighting. Like minus <laughs> minus this one, they're, they're, it's cast very well. Minus mm-hmm. minus this one. Uh, the first two are cast very well. Like the the kid that leads the charge of uh, killing Keanu's uh, puppy and stealing his car. Oh yeah. He He's is such a snot. Yeah, He's he, great. He plays a, uh, because you guys don't watch Game of Thrones. He, he plays, uh, uh, I think, Greyjoy on, on Game of Thrones. I think that's his name. Um, and he is just perfect for, for that role where he's just this punk kid. He's like pitiful yeah. and sad. And he's trying to make his mark. And he thinks this is the way to do it. It's like he's doing all the wrong things for the right reasons. Yeah. And that's just what he's. That's just what he is. But I think the first one cast very well. This one, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Hallie didn't need to be in there. It's amazing how she ruins movies these days. It, it <laughs> really, just, really is because she's not at all a bad actress. She's cute. She has talent, you know, but it's just like, wow. I mean, she did bad choices, bad choices. That's why I think Chad needs to learn. You cast who you want to cast. Don't let someone tell yeah, you. Yeah, he's, he's still a new director. Yeah. We'll, we'll cut him a break. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do. I, I love this. It's, this series has brought me so much joy in my oh, life. Oh, so much joy. I've yeah. seen it multiple times. I, I think... 
Um, I, I had a friend. Wow. Speaking of recommendations, he caught John Wick two in the middle at my place. I go, dude, this is all—it's oh, it's awesome. It's so fun. Oh, I didn't see it. I go, did you see the first one? He goes, no. I I go, hey, dude, no. You got to watch the fir- from the first one, then come back. And I changed the channel. And then he's like, okay. And he watches. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so we actually watched three together. Aww. We actually watched three together. We didn't hold hands, but it was it was nice. It was a nice sentiment <laughs> for watching it. Where does John Wick rank in the action film genre? Well, I. <laughs> I can't seriously do that. I mean, you know, we'll, here we'll I, have him watch I, one and two. And I'm, an, <laughs> I'm an old guy, right? So I'm nostalgic about the '80s Arnold movies. I love those. I love the throwaway lines. I love the Running Man, where he's dissing on Richard Do- uh, Dawson. Do you like True Lies? No, you like True Lies. <laughs> no. Oh, you, you know, I love Curtis the high tech rape in True Lies. That was probably my favorite part, where they capture his wife and then you know undress her and then force her to watch this stuff. I thought that was great, you know, but. That was a cynical, dirty movie, True Lies. I really hated it. I almost hated James Cameron for life after that. But he does like either excellent movies or just brutal movies, doesn't he? James Cameron. <laughs> Gotta meet the quota. But, but anyway, <laughs> how about it? How about it? But anyway, I mean, you guys like John Wick a lot more than me. I think that the action, you know, standard is pretty high. I mean, geez, I would take any Jackie Chan movie over one of these John Wick movies. I would take. Um, I mean, I think Indiana Jones is probably the high mark for adventure uh, action movies. Action I would say, yeah, he's action adventures. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of a subgenre in yeah. there, but um, I don't know. I guess I'm just not that high on action movies, especially ones without the sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I wouldn't. Of course, I wouldn't rank Wick too highly, but you guys probably would. So go for well, it. Well, having said all that, though, what, what, what do you rank highly? So, so just oh, so we I, have a benchmark. I, I, I like to. the I like the five or six film run that Schwarzenegger did. Okay. Commando, Running Man. Now some of these are genre, you know, mm-hmm. like he did the one about Mars, but but uh, the the action was always the like emphasis. Total Recall. Yeah, Total Recall. Yeah, that was the one. Junior. Uh, Red Heat. Junior. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> yeah. Twins. Junior is when it went off the Kindergarten rails. Kindergarten Cop. And, and Last Action Hero. Yeah. Last Action Hero, in my opinion, is where action movies went south. Because that was when, you know, again, he tried to do the comedy action thing. It flopped all over the place. And then after that, he said, I'm not going to say I'll be back anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do more serious films that were worse. You that's know? that's were where worse. I think films get into, action films get in trouble is, is when they try to make a comedy into an action movie. That's not how it works. You right. got to do the action movie. With levity. And then find and comedy funny. from there. Yeah. Right. And I think, so people think like, oh, that didn't work. That comedy action movie didn't work. So that means... We shouldn't do any jokes in action movies. No, that's not what that is. You, you stop going from one end of the extreme to the other. Stop overcorrecting. It's, they try to turn a comedy into an action movie. That's not going to work. You got to do action movie and then either with one-liners or situations, and then you make it funny because the, the heavy lifting is done by the action. Yeah. And then the comedy can come into play like a sniper. Yeah, and, pew, pew, and pew, sometimes pew. it's just accidental. You go back and you look at those Jackie Chan movies, and it's just the lines sometimes are just so earnest that they're mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. You know, and it's just the And Jackie is such a character, you know, and, it, and the guy he always gets to play his uncle or his father or whatever oh, yeah, is such yeah. a character. You know, it's like it's funny. It's almost accidental. It you don't have to be rush hour. No. You don't have to deliberately be funny, but it's just be light, I guess, is the thing. Everything got grim and gritty. Yeah. After take, 2001. It doesn't, you know, like, it's just. Chan movies don't take themselves seriously. And that, right. That's yeah, that's the beauty of yeah. it. Right. That's a huge thing for me in action movies, I want to say. It, you it's, can't take it too seriously. Like superhero movies. You no. can't take it too seriously because at the heart of it, it's absurd. 
yeah. probably what you're doing is absurd. Because what's is it is it is it super cop or whatever? Jackie Chan's with Michelle Khan, yeah. Saishio, Michelle Yeoh. and she's a serious military yeah. woman. <laughs> super cop. And she throws um, chopsticks and like they, they stick at the wall. <laughs> and then Jackie grabs a bunch of chopsticks and just tosses them over. And then she goes and she stops and goes seriously speaking. She goes. You can't throw chopsticks. You don't know how to throw them. He goes, and he's like, it had the same effect. Like, don't worry, let's go. We gotta run. She's they're running away, but she stops. And and I thought to me, that's what I thought was that's great. Is she's serious? And Jackie's like, no, our movies, we don't take ourselves seriously. Right. And I think that that's what the great thing is. And I think they have lost, like they being uh, U.S. action film directors has lost sight of that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, because they think, oh, one-liners are old. Yeah. Okay, they might be old, but you can write new ones. Yes, like, <laughs> we talked about this movie a few episodes ago. We talked about Shazam, mm-hmm. right? There you go. Now, that's not an action movie, but you could do it like this. Yeah. You have this sunny, funny main character, and then the bad guy is dark as hell. Yeah. And you can have it in the same movie. You can do that, you know? So why don't you? Why must everything either be dead serious or like slapstick? You know, you can do the two things, especially in an absurd situation yeah. like superheroes or super cop. Or, yeah. Um, for me, John John Wick Wick ranks pretty high, um, just because I have so much fun watching it. Uh, if someone says to me, "Dude, but the story," I'm like, I'm not watching it for the story. Like, I, I'm not Dude. expecting like a complicated story. The story in the first one's so simple. Someone stole his car and killed his puppy. Now I'm going to get revenge. Simple story, the action was was the was what did the heavy lifting for me. Second story, they just kind of continue on. And the third one, like I said, this was kind of the weakest one, but um, I, I, I rank it pretty high. I don't know about the highest. Um, in terms of the highest, I have to agree with Oz and, and like a lot of the Schwarzenegger movies because he's got that it factor where he can deliver these one lines and he can do all these things, and you believe because he's so big. And strong, you believe he can do they all these things. They start off commando, and the dude's like carrying a tree yeah. on his arm. That's the beginning of the movie, yeah. right? He's cutting oh down this gosh. redwood or whatever. And then that that scene where he first sees Carl Weathers, and they shake they shake hands, uh, and his Carl biceps Weathers. are just like bulging. And and then when you watch it on TV, it's not that surreal. But on the in the movie theater, yeah, that bicep is the size of you, yeah, and, and you're just like, it's whoa, awesome. this is crazy, yeah, and then. And from that, but that's the opening. That's the beginning of the movie. And you're like, this is gonna be fun. Like, I don't care what happens after. This was fun. It starts off fun. Like Top Gun. I guess it'd be considered action movie. Yeah. That, that yeah. opening. That opening scene where they they fly. They they, they he does a rotation on, on the plane and drops down uh, upside down and he flips off the Russian pilot. As an eighth grader, I thought that was the greatest thing yeah. ever because it was that flipping off the authority, your enemy, just doing that. It was awesome. And from that point on, you're like, I don't care what happens after. Even though consciously I don't, know, I don't think about it, but you really don't care what happens after because that opens so well. Everything is great. Coming out with that confidence. You're yeah. like, they took care of this movie. Yeah. It was like, dude, it's got that, well, to use a modern word, that swag. That started with, and it just ended that, you know, it just carried out throughout the whole movie. It's, um, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? How does that thing start? It starts with him trying to get that little gold yeah. idol, right? The and McGuffin. then he has to run away from the big ball. Yeah. And yeah. it's like all this stuff that everybody still remembers in the first five minutes yeah. of that movie, right? Yeah. That's how you do an Because that's what you, film. that's what it captures you, it right. draws you in, and then you're, you're hooked. Right. You know, um, that, that's just people i think people are trying to be too cute and too clever mm. and being like i'm going to run away from the clichés there's a reason why those clichés they work 
Yeah. There's a reason why. Don't run away from them. Just either if you want to do a new take on it, go for it. But you, you got to start. What's that thing they say in writing is you, you start your scene late and yeah. you get out early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think now they're not following that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not following the, you know, like I said earlier, the two conflicting viewpoints, but they're both right. If you follow these things, you make everyone likable, you'll have a fun action movie. And you could throw in one-liners. Write new ones. <laughs> um, for me, yeah, John Wick ranks pretty high. Um, actually, before I went and saw John Wick 1 in the theater, action movies, especially the more recent contemporary ones, did not rank high at all. I'd just kind of written them off. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> my childhood action movies are, you know, the Jackie Chan mm-hmm. like classics. You know, Operation Condor, Super Cop, all of those. Uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Watching all of those. So that's like my perception of action movie. Watching a lot of the like other contemporary at the time action movies, I was just like, this is such a letdown. Like you don't get the humor that Jackie Chan employs in the choreography, like using found objects, like seeing a guy beat a ton of people up with a ladder or like a handkerchief or Mm -hmm. a fan or like the scene in, I forget which movie it is where they're in like an auto shop and there are cars zooming by and Jackie has to run (laughs) on top of them. You know, instead of stepping out of the way, he just runs over them. Um, Having that as like, my understanding of action movie and then being let down by all these other like contemporary heroes. I was like, okay, you know what? Action movies just aren't for me. Like I'll, I'll watch it just to shut my brain off, but Mm -hmm. nah. Um, but then one of my uh, friends who's really into martial arts, like praises it super highly. Like he says, it's accurate, very good choreography. Let's just go watch it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, eh, all right, fine. So we go and I'm like, you know, I can, I can watch Keanu Reeves. I know it's like my opinion at the time, of him was not very high at all. And then we go and watch this this John Wick one and it's like, it's insane choreography. It's campy. It's got like the humor in it. And I was just like, okay, all right. It renewed my belief in action movies. Yeah. And that's why. Okay, higher. guys, this is how serious that I take your opinions. I'm going to look at John Wick. Okay? I'll look at it. If anything for the, for my the, expectations are freaking low. If anything for the camp of it. Yeah, well, I hope so, because, you know, like I've been saying, levity. Why not? We're not going to see train spotting. Yeah, he knows that he's not a serious actor. He knows that. The director knows that. They're aware. And they they employ that, I think. What I like, one of of the things I like about John Wick 1 is, you know, there's certain movies, someone wrongs the main character, and they never get payback. because They just do it, and they just move on. Not in John Wick 1. Anyone that wrongs him, <laughs> it is tit for tat. Yeah, there's in that there's movie. a satisfaction. There's a satisfaction. You know what it is? So Count of Monte Cristo is the one long payback movie. You know, with uh, mm. Jim Caviezel, yeah, uh, Guy Pierce. It's that one long payback. A lot of movies they don't they don't pay back the person that wronged the main character. But in John Wick, in this one, there's payback, and so it's 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 cathartic. It's, it's satisfying <laughs> when you're watching it. Uh, you're like, oh yeah, that guy's that guy's gonna get it, and then they get it. <laughs> watch it with your amygdala Just the core lizard brain of your enjoy the comic book font no, what's great about what the Chiron she's talking about is they're using it for uh, subtitles yeah it's, right, it's right, not right. yeah it's not yeah. just like when they say out, Baba Yaga yeah, yeah. They, they write it out in like a and it's weird because it's not the regular Ariel Helvetica font no it's, it's like right, fucking right. wingdings or yeah, something yeah it's like stylistic you know <laughs> 
can a movie with Keanu Reeves be good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my case in point uh, is uh, the John Wick series, and then Bill and Ted's. So, wait, did you watch all of Bill and Ted? Like sec- the second, was it? The yeah, did you watch one? Bogus it- Journey? No, no, no. I've oh, only seen okay. the one, and the I kind of would like to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. I don't I don't need more than you know. I'd I'd like to keep the canon of yes. Bill and Ted small and to that because it's it's my. It's my childhood. I grew up with that. So, you know, I don't want to smirch those uh, yes. feelings of nostalgia. And oh, it was funny growing up too. anytime Keanu Reeves was on TV, my mom would point it out and he'd be like, Keanu Reeves, he's part Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and any Asian knows nice. he's part Asian yes. because there's a, there's a huge source of pride there. Oh, yeah. And he's also Canadian, but they're mortified by admitting that. <laughs> and he's also part Hawaiian. <laughs> yes. Huh. My dad always mentions that. He's Hawaiian. Yeah, because my dad's from Hawaii, so there's a lot of island pride. When you say like a movie can be, can a movie be good? Like, do you mean like good, like. Yeah, let's uh, define good here. Like, like good, like, you know, whatever. A few good men, good. Or like <laughs> good, like, I enjoyed it. A few good men. A few good men, good. Oh, wait, hang on just a sec. Rachel, that's that movie where all the men are screaming at each other. Yeah. I just love how you described it that one time, so I'm going to run with that every you time. You can't handle the truth? Yeah, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I actually haven't seen that. It's just seen like, it. I mean, oh, I've, really I've, caught, I've caught clips of it, but it's like, yeah, it's a lot of loud noises. Are you a fan it, of Aaron is. Sorkin? I'll watch it. Do you like courtroom drama? Because, uh, I mean, it is a courtroom yeah. drama. Well, he wrote, is, he wrote, is, is Law & Order SVU courtroom drama? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can watch, I'll watch that on end. Aaron, what Aaron's <laughs> really good at is the is you have two points of view and they're both correct. Mm-hmm. 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 A lot of people don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore. But in Few Good Men, that it's it's key. It's there's two different points of view and they're both correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay. So back, sorry, back to the question. Uh, good. I don't know about right now. I I honestly think because he's in his fifties right now, mid fifties. Is he that old? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's like mid fifties. I think. At a certain point, like his martial art ability, his acting, it's going to get to a certain level. I don't know if it's going to be great, but it's going to get to a certain level. And I feel like somehow, somewhere in his 60s or 70s, he's going to play a dad or like a, a grandfather. And people are going to be like, wow. That, that was amazing performance. I just don't know right now the way he is as a person and as an actor. I don't know that... His, his camp is going to be like, oh, yeah, let, let, Ken, why don't you do that? Because I think he knows himself at this point. He's in his 50s. He knows what he can do and can't do. Uh, so I don't know that it's in the cards for him at this moment, but I feel like maybe in about 10 years, 15 years, when he's older, uh, maybe he'll get a wrinkle. Maybe. Uh, he'll have some gray, gray hair. Uh, I think he'll come back and it'll just be like, wow, that, that was, you know. I mean, it's like, you know, to me, I, I, it'd be like this. When Paul Newman stopped acting for a little bit, then he came back as an old man. He played a grandfather. Everyone's like, oh, he's great. I mean, Paul Newman's always been great. But as a grandfather where he's not the main character, he's only in like maybe every other scene, he, he delivers these great performances. I, I can see Keanu, if he wants to, kind of transform into something like that. Um, but right now, he's too high up there. Yeah, see, that's still way off. I mean, it is, I, yes. I saw something not too long ago called Something's Gotta Give. So it had to have been about 10 years old because it starred Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And, jeez, uh, 
<laughs> you know, he was a supporting actor who's supposed to be a boy toy. He's supposed basically. to be the young hot doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was supposed yeah. to be a boy toy for Diane Keaton. You yeah. know, a He's generation younger. I want to fling, yeah. you know. And no, it's just I don't believe him as a doctor. Yeah. Man. It's just he couldn't. And he couldn't hold up the I love you milf. You know, yeah, he couldn't yeah. do that. You know, he just, you know, it's just like, okay, maybe. You know, I was just espousing Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, yeah. he did a good film. Uh, Stallone in uh creed was amazing no joke and i mean stallone is hardly a. I mean this guy started in porn right this guy is hardly a serious actor but he did kill it in creed as like old rocky balboa that was a moving yeah it's got to be the right role right yeah. so it might happen with keanu but i am very skeptical i mean like <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh the netflix movie in a future episode, the uh, Always Be My Maybe. Mm-hmm. And even in that, it's just the fact that he's in there is just such a stopper. You know, it's it's almost like he's a distraction, you know, if he's not the star or something. So but, okay, when you say distraction, could that do you do you mean that he's a distraction for everybody or because of or, or I think people, it just, or for people I that think, with a preconceived kind of prejudice against Well, doesn't him? everybody though? I mean, he's a big star. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean if you, if you tell me that uh I don't know, take your pick, Robert De Niro is going to make a cameo in this movie. Uh-huh. Well, you have certain expectations, right? You have a certain quality level you yes. expect. And and I think same kind of thing with Keanu. Um he's he's a big enough star so that in a serious role he's going to like throw things off the rails mm. you know so he might get that special project i mean stallone did right so so he might get that special project but i don't know i don't see it now has he been in good movies of course i mean the matrix is a great movie I mean, that's a revolutionary science fiction film. He did this movie in the 80s before he became a star called River's Edge, Mm -hmm. which was this nice little independent film about uh, a teenage kid who murdered his girlfriend and then, you know, tried to cover it up. But it's got uh, Crispin Glover's in that. Dennis Hopper is in that. And he's really good. He's playing kind of like a vapid teenager mm-hmm. you know kind of like uh, you know it's kind of like you know no insight you know like bill and ted except serious yeah kind of that. and and he's good enough you know so it's not impossible but it, i'm sorry he's just not a great actor he's yeah. just not brad pitt you know he's just or like not, robert downey jr yeah oh my god yeah he's not he's just not yeah. on that level you know he might get a good script but wow i think it would have to be luck because so much of him is about his look mm-hmm you know, he's best in you guys. From what you guys are saying, he's best in the John Wick movies when he's not speaking. <laughs> you know, you it's know, like, yeah. like it's I mean, look. most of his even Matrix. He doesn't talk much in Matrix. Either. No, yeah. no, that was the thing about the Matrix yeah. is he's just supposed to be a look, and for that, he happened to be the perfect looking guy. Yeah. I mean, if they were going to make the Matrix now, it wouldn't be him. But you know what he you is know, good but, in that he does talk. Actually, wait, good, good's not the right. He's he's a good enough in. He's serviceable. The replacements. Yeah, he, he okay. has a lot of dialogue in there because he's the quarterback, and he's just kind of like this downbeaten, downtrodden kind of ex-quarterback, and he's just like he's a tortured soul, and I think he does tortured soul well. Mm. That's what I think he does well. Uh, I think because that, that I think that is him. Yeah, yeah. He's a tortured soul. Yeah, that's what I think he does well. But if you throw another layer on there, that's where he gets into trouble. I think if you just leave leave him as tortured soul then he's fine. But if you throw in, oh, can you also be like happy when this happens? Nah, nah, play <laughs> Nah, play <laughs> so We're just doing Tortured Soul today. Right? Right, right. You know? uh, that'll be it. That'll be the movie. That, tortured Soul. That'll be it, yeah. 
co-starring Keanu Reeves. Yeah, if that'll, that'll, that'll be start the writing movie. that. Yeah, if there's a if there's a movie <laughs> where he's just a, that's all they require of him, he's the grandfather who's a tortured soul because of X, Y, and Z happened to him. Perfect. And his grandchildren come to him. You know, I'm going through the situation. Oh well, yeah, like you know when I you know when I was 20, uh, that's fine. I traveled through time. Yeah, <laughs> through it in a telephone booth. You know, I think that's okay. <laughs> But uh, I don't know that he can do a lot of heavy lifting, you know. I mean, Robert Downey's problem now is is that all you see is Iron Man. Well, it's, yeah, it's I think I think, I mean, not to get into a rabbit hole, but I think he's going to get into producing for a few years. Probably. I would not mm-hmm. be surprised if Downey dropped out of, oh yeah, uh, in front of the camera for a little while because really he's earned it. I mean, I think he's had the long game in mind all along. He's like, yeah, I like comic books. I like this character. Um, they're building the whole universe around me, oh, yeah. so why not? You know, but I, I, Robert Downey's a serious actor. Yeah. I think he's gonna. He, he has yet to do his greatest work. I think. I don't know. From summer school, summer school is great. Summer school. Yeah. Great. <laughs> no, back to school. Oh, back to school. Back to right. school. Summer, summer school is Mark, Mark Harmon and Christy Alley. Yes, and it's sick that we both remember that. <laughs> this has been the MacGuffin Report. With Rachel Wong, Oz Davis, Walter Hall. Produced by Inclusive Media.